And we are live. Well, not live, but we're yeah. on. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Jack. Thank you so much. How's it going? It's going great. I'm happy to be in El Paso. Yeah, where are you coming from? Uh, Keene, Texas. Keene, Texas. Yes, sir. Nice. So what brings you on our visit here to El Paso? Eliab Kionez, Pastor Eliab. Who's that guy? <laughs> Unbelievable. That guy... <laughs> He's, he's that he's that real tall real big giant built guy right? yeah he's so built he's so built yeah. oh, man that guy <laughs> arm wrestle anybody and yeah. has he been on the podcast before he has oh man only 10 minutes though I bet he did great he did great <laughs> he's good he's awesome though i'm gonna start us out with a word of prayer is that okay yeah perfect. all right here we go father in heaven thank you for so much for bringing us together on another uh episode of unmasking with nesda we ask lord that you guide us in our thoughts and our words and um, with wisdom and with love. And uh, we want to lift you up, Lord, and uh, lift up Jack's story here. So perhaps his story can reach so many others uh, at, uh, at any given point whenever someone is listening. And we ask, Lord, that, uh, that they receive a special blessing when it does come. And please be with us, Lord. Guide us in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Keene, Texas, what's going on over there? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Not a thing. Uh, we have uh, basically just Adventist schools and an Adventist church and a subway. And that's it. A subway? I've never been there. What do you mean? Like a, are you talking about a subway sandwich? Or yeah, like a yeah, sub? yeah. Not, I was going to say, I don't like think a, there's subs out there. <laughs> <laughs> no public transport of any kind really? going on down there. So no. is it basically an Adventist town? Um, it used to be. Part? It uh, it's kind of shifted away from that now. I think the mm -hmm. public school district has gotten really big, mm. but uh, it used to be mostly just Adventists. Like nothing would even open on Saturdays. Right. Yeah. So like the Sonic and the Subway that are there, they wouldn't open on Saturdays. Really? Now they now they do. It's become more like a a regular town. More, I guess more secular. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. I've never I've never heard of a an Adventist town. Yeah. Where even the Sonic just shuts yeah. down. If anything, in Texas, I've always heard <laughs> high school football Friday night where the town yep. shuts down yep. to go watch the game. That's exactly every other town. Every uh, other town besides Keene. Besides Keene. <laughs> yep. Wow. And what Adventist school is out there for those um, that are listening? So you have Chisholm Trail Academy. I just graduated from there. You what? have uh, uh, Southwestern Adventist University. Mm -hmm. I'm attending one year there this uh, upcoming year. Mm-hmm. And then you have a uh, KAS Keene Adventist Elementary School. I went there for nine years, <laughs> uh -huh. so I've been in that town all my life. Wow! And have you traveled anywhere else besides here, El Paso? And oh yeah, um, I have family in Arizona, so I uh -huh. travel through El Paso a lot. Oh uh, okay. I have family in um, Virginia. I have uh, I've been on a couple mission trips to Tanzania, Africa. Tanzania, Africa. Yeah. That was a good time. My wow. dad, my dad used to um, be the president of this nonprofit uh -huh. called My Father's Mission. His dad started it. Uh, he went to Chomi, Africa, this little village on a mountain. Yeah. And uh, then when he passed away, my dad took it up, and he brought me a couple times. Brought my brother once. It was amazing. So what was that like in Tanzania? I've never been on a mission trip. What do you? What, oh, what, really? What do you do? What like? What happens? I didn't grow up at Venice, by the way, so that's why. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Um, I mean, the one that we did, I mean, they're all a little different, I'm sure. Mm. But uh, the one we did, we uh, they had an eye clinic up there. They had a health clinic, and they had a um, 
they had a, a oral clinic, like a dental really? clinic. And, uh, but then every night they would preach and stuff. And when I went there, they had already finished a lot of the construction projects they were doing, mm-hmm. but they would do like a, a big, they built a church, they built a, a I think they built a school up there. Was it like an outdoor remember. church? Like a kind of like a no, pavilion? No, it was a whole kind of? building. An actual building? Yeah, it oh, was wow. incredible. I don't know how it got built. They just actually, um, they the most recent project, I think, is they built a whole well. So they brought water all the way I've up the mountains. heard of those. Yes. That was incredible. I, I don't know how they managed to pull that off, but that's incredible. They also actually built a farm for the school there. Yeah. Um, so they, they built a, a farm down at the, the base of the mountain. And that was an incredible thing. It was on uh, uh, Maasai land. Mm-hmm. So Maasai are a, a group of like nomadic peoples through Tanzania. And they're just an amazing culture there. So that's amazing. Um, that's a really special thing that the Maasai would, would let them use their land. Uh, and it's just fantastic. And what did you do exactly when you were there? <laughs> like, what, what did you help out with? How, did you... Were you, were you the, able to communicate with the, it with was, the people? It was hard. Most of them speak English. Um, oh, really? Yeah, like in, in their studies anyways, they need mm-hmm. to learn English. That's one of their classes because, like, the whole world now, basically it's either Mandarin or English. Right. Uh, but they um, they were – they would, like, speak pretty fluent English. It was depending mm-hmm. who you would get. Uh, the more adults would – would actually have better English than the kids because they had gone through more school. Right. But um, I the first year, I was too young to really do anything. <laughs> so I was kind of just uh, there for the ride. You were the shadow. Yeah, because my, my dad ran it, so I kind of got a, a little bit of an age. How old were you when you first there? I was in, I want to say, fifth grade. Oh, okay. I was pretty young. And then um, my sophomore year of high school, I went. And then I worked in the medical clinic, and that was awesome. That was such an amazing time. Uh, I saw one surgery, and it scarred me, and I never saw any others. <laughs> what surgery was it? I don't even remember. I think I blocked it out oh. of my brain. That was a terrible <laughs> it was that time. bad? Yeah. Oh, it wow. It was not fun. <laughs> Golly, you know, I've always imagined, like, mission trips, and I read about them, and I, I watch videos on yeah. them, and I'm like, man, I wonder what it would be like if, you know. It was amazing. Um, have you ever been to like a summer camp? Do you have you seen them? Do you know anything about them? No, but past Pastor Eliab's yeah. mentioned them to me, and, yeah. and he's 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 giving us some interesting stories. Yeah. And well, he took me along for the ride on a mm-hmm. summer camp last summer. Wow! And those experiences are actually surprisingly similar. Mm. Um, ministering to a third world country and ministering to a summer camp are very really? similar. Yeah. How so? Um, well, a lot of the kids that you get, and especially the summer camp that me and uh, that Pastor Eliab was part of the leadership of, it was um, very cheap to mm-hmm. go there. So you get a lot of um, either unadvanced or unchristian kids, mm-hmm. uh, even though it was like an Adventist camp. Right. And uh, I don't know. They just speak a, a very different language. A lot of them came from um, kind of abusive homes and stuff. And, like, of course they speak English, but just, like, with their body language, with how you need to interact with them. They, they, they all spoke kind of their own language. Right. And that's a lot how it is in, uh, at Tanzania. Really? Yeah. So, you know, our, our show is Unmasking with Nesda. I mean, you, you meet these youths, you meet these kids. Mm. And, you know, even prior to COVID, we, we 
you know, Pastor Eliam and I talk about unmasking who we really are, who yeah. we really were. When you see these kids, like, what, what do you, how do you relate to them? How do you connect with them? I mean, because it, I mean, obviously, yes, they need spiritual guidance, yeah. but gosh, they, they must need way more than that, and or or more in addition to that. Yeah, I I feel like the thing that kids that age tend to and this is true for me too right. uh latch on to the most is just kindness and genuineness mm-hmm. you're like it's like built into you at that age to sense uh disingenuineness because mm. uh, like you could see it how they would gravitate to even counselors that weren't uh that weren't their own counselors or maybe it was a, a person in a certain activity that they would gravitate that were working at the camp and you you would start to see who was really being their genuine true self mm-hmm. and who was um i don't know just not really feeling it and was kind of like faking it you know yeah and, and that's not to put anyone down because it was exhausting and right. i totally understand but um yeah so i feel like i feel like at that age trying to find someone who will be honest with you mm-hmm. is uh is really the thing that those kids need the most because they're in these homes that their parents aren't honest to them in a lot of ways, you know, and uh, or their siblings are honest with them or their grandparents they are living with their grandparents and right. they aren't honest with them. And so I feel like that's what they're really searching and looking for. Mm-hmm. And when you did, were, did, did any specific kids stand out to you or anyone oh, that did, you made connections with that you were able to like maybe maybe plant a seed in their mind and, and help there them was, grow in their Christian walk? There was, um, hopefully all of them, but you know, like right. there were, there were definitely a few, um, kids that were, that definitely stood out, uh, either because they were definitely troublemakers yeah. or they, uh, they were like head and shoulders above the rest in maturity and spiritual, like right. understanding and awareness. Uh, like some of them stood out because they would poop in the showers, you know. Oh man! <laughs> oh boy! And that was um, I felt bad for the people cleaning that up. Well, they probably didn't. They weren't accustomed to commodes or anything like that, right? I don't. I don't know why they did it. I don't know why they did it. Well, from my understanding, uh, in in some places, very rural places yeah. or, or or poor, you know, there's no commodes, so mm. they 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 have like a what do you call it? an outhouse yeah they yeah. all share yeah, that makes sense. or maybe they're on the road and they just make a hole and they, yeah. just, they just bury it yeah and they probably thought that <laughs> it probably looks similar right yeah i mean that was <laughs> that was new for me that was that one was a new experience for me Ooh. i hadn't seen that one before but um yeah but there was i remember specifically there was one guy who was in my last cabin so it was our oldest like group of kids mm. and there were actually there was two guys in that cabin and one of them was a strictly atheist didn't want to hear anything about god was Mm. totally shut off to it and the other one was this kid that i think his dad must have been a pastor okay um and he he had been there consecutive years and stuff and he would just take this kid along for these like spiritual rides sometimes Mm. like just uh We'd have uh, conversations in our cabins after worship about all sorts of topics. And this kid uh, would always like try and refute them. He'd be like, no, no. Uh, 
and he was very like materialist and very secular and mm. he would try and like explain things like these kids would talk about these uh spiritual moments they hadn't had in their lives and something that really struck me about that too was that uh they were very genuine about the spiritual moments in their lives. Right. I feel like a lot of times we are very disingenuine about spiritual moments in our lives mm. where we try and like explain it away or we try and brush it off as coincidence or in a worldly way. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. And those kids just don't do it. They're just like, yeah, this crazy experience happened to me and I know it was the spirit of the Lord. And so we would be talking about that and this one kid would be encouraging it so much. And this other kid would just be like, explaining all of it away and the Mm. thing that uh, uh, like struck me about that was you could see that one of these kids had to grow up before the other Mm. like that kid who was so secular and so uh against it was it was because he was he was an adult you know he was like 14 i think but he was just he was an adult and he he was cynical and he didn't want it and we had trouble with him later but um I don't know. I think I think a lot. Uh, there seems to be something that happens where you become disingenuous as you grow up. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, and I imagine maybe the kid had maybe seen a lot of things that. Oh, he definitely probably had, yeah. things that others hadn't seen. Yeah. Probably had a view of the world, and you know, and even with with kids today, I mean, or anyone really, you try to empathize, and I think that's something that can be very hard because you don't necessarily know what they've been mm-hmm. through and like they, they, they're acting yeah. that way for a certain reason yeah exactly or certain reasons and it's like and i always think of paul like paul in in when when in his gospels like you know how how he related to everybody or yeah. try to find something in common with them what were yeah. you were you able to find something with him um as hard as it might have been no not really but i what i can say is that uh by the end of that week um me and him had a conversation. Actually, uh, Pastor Elliot had a conversation with him as well. Yeah. He was my boss. So, um, and he had been refuting all these things that these kids in my cabin were saying. And I had a great cabin. They were all so spiritual and everything. Yeah. Um, and he had been so against it. And some stuff happened, and we had a, a sit-down talk with him. And the more me and him talked, and the more we, we just laid it out on the table about our lives and who we are and ourselves, the more, um, the more spiritual interactions he had had mm. and the more it would come out and the more it would come out and the more it would come out. And I feel like that is really, that is really telling, you know? Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of times we like to be secular and materialist because we don't want to face the spiritual encounters we've had, mm. you know? Yeah. Whether good or bad, because th- there was both in that kid's life and he'd, he would rather just have none of it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a, that has a lot to do with the how we act in general now, or a, a, as a society, you know. Right. And for you, uh, wh- how how did it change you um, as as a person? It definitely made me understand that I've lived a very easy life. <laughs> oh <Kyle>, man. <laughs> yeah, like um, we, we we got it made compared oh, to others out there in the world, and I I think a lot of people. Mm don't know that or realize that how, how blessed some of us really truly are and like yeah like my parents are both together mm-hmm. and praise god absolutely and they love each other and they love me and that is uh the more i the more i realize and camp really uh showed me this 
but that is that is something that um i feel like not there's more and more people don't have that and oh yeah it's it's so uh destructive and that's so sad it is i you know i'm a fifth grade teacher and mm. i've i've been doing it for public school for i'm going on my 15th year i lost count <laughs> i've done it so long and yeah I, and i see it every year there's yeah. there's kids that are just mentally spiritually destroyed yeah. by you know it, it could be you know divorce it could be uh, drugs and then their separations and then um you know sometimes i get calls from parents saying oh uh stepfather is gonna pick up today or yeah. or no no but don't let mom do it and then i'm and i'm like what is going on oh, and man. and then sometimes you know i'm at events where you know there's there's uh you know sporting events or whatever yeah. the kids or, or musical whatever they got going on and no, and sometimes it's like, oh, just just mom mom can't come over, or right? yeah. just just make sure you. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you want me to call security or something? <laughs> and it, it's it's crazy. That's terrible. And then I look at the 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 child, and it's it's the child that suffers. Yeah, the kid yeah, more than know? anything. Um, at the we had a, a Bible study the other night, and we were mm. talking about the Ten Commandments, and one of the things we talked about was uh, under idolatry. Uh, is this phrase uh, my my wrath or the punishment of of not following this commandment is uh, it will follow from the to the third and fourth generation you know mm. and we talked about the reason why it's under that specific uh, commandment and it's because idolatry at it at its final conclusion is um, is a uh, uh, obsession and mm. uh, addiction you know and uh, my mom's a NICU nurse, and so mm. she deals with babies a lot. You know, oh, yeah. she my takes... oldest was a NICU baby. Oh, really? Yeah, she was three oh, pounds, man. fifteen ounces. Oof, that's small. Yep. Um, and she's she's almost she's catching up to me. I don't like it. <laughs> Hallelujah, though. <laughs> yeah, praise God for she's awesome. And uh, and these babies are are born, and when their parents struggle with these addictions, yeah, the baby the babies come out the same way. And oh yeah. The reason I, uh, that is under idolatry is because uh, addiction, more than anything else, is gets passed down from generation to generation. Yes. And uh, I think, like, there's no, I haven't read anything about this. It's just my personal opinion. Yeah. But I feel like uh, if, if your parents are divorced, I'm sure there's a higher chance that you will be, you know? Like, I see, I think that's why it's, like, spreading, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense why it's getting more? I, I think there's a lot of reasons why, but mm -hmm. I think that's one of them. And, uh, yeah, that's that's so sad. It is, and I know when, when my oldest was born, you know, she was in the NICU for about three weeks or so, and we saw babies that were, you know, she was three pounds, 15 pounds, maybe about 17 inches long, if I recall. Oh, man. But, kid you not, when you walk into that NICU, you are humbled and... Mm grateful because you see sadly and tragically uh babies that are that were smaller than her yeah. and they are loaded up with all kinds of uh, yeah. uh what is it um you know all, all these things connected to them yeah, IVs wires and, ivs and, yeah. and and sadly some don't make it yeah and then they're they're, they're born addicted that's it's, so sad it is it's 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 troubling and 
you know, and again, and and as I see some of the youth, you know, when I teach, it's like sometimes I see these things and I see, you know, a lot of them are products of their environment. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then you do see these good uh, kids sometimes that do find a way out of it because mm-hmm. they don't want to be a part of it. They they want to be better than that. They mm-hmm. don't want they don't want to be involved in, you know, that sort of struggle, that sort of pain. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's it's tough to see. Yeah. And then as an educator myself, it, it, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Except, you know, you know, these are the kids that are never absent. Mm. They show up. And if anything, school is their safe place. Is their safe place, yeah. you know. And yeah. right now with this whole COVID thing, oh, they're stuck at home. That's so sad. You know, I mean, you don't hear a lot on the news about, you know, child abuse and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Cause some, some of these things are silent or they're not reported or something like that and that's my fear is that during this whole quarantine you know there's some kids that are just like oh boy no i i need to do something i gotta get out of here terrible you know the the really the really um the really uh good thing that i've seen in my life is that a lot of my closest friends are have come from these broken families Mm. and uh seeing god work them out of it and uh come out of depression and and uh clinical anxiety and all this stuff right it, it's amazing and become these beautiful wonderful people that i would trust my life to you know uh that's so beautiful the fact that even coming from a disadvantage of any kind th- there's still the ability um for god to to just pull them out of it yeah, and that's absolutely. so beautiful a lot of the, a lot of those campers that i had that were some of my favorites uh, had, had just terrible testimonies of broken homes, but they were such beautiful, wonderful people who uh, who had just been been transformed by God, despite anything that had happened to them in their lives. Yeah. Um, some of them were given drugs by their parents as kids. Uh, some of them were exposed to pornography at like three to five years old, and. Uh, and but they were coming out from these experiences through god's grace just beautiful and wonderful people wow that's just i think that's just amazing that speaks like volumes about the grace of god absolutely well jack unfortunately we're out of time oh man and we just got started i think (laughs) you know i i can't thank you enough for coming on here because i know you got a a prayer meeting thank you here but we got to get you back again sometime absolutely Plan on coming back down. Yes, yeah. absolutely, sir. Would you like to close us out with prayer? Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. Awesome. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about you and to talk about the wonderful ways that you've affected my life and um, the lives that I've gotten to witness. And you're just such a wonderful God. Uh, please be with us now as we go separate ways and please be with anyone who sees this let them be touched in a positive and uh wonderful way in your holy name amen amen thank you jack thank you pastor jack right that's what elio calls, <laughs> calls me pastor jack everybody <laughs> bye <laughs>